Warning, the following podcast contains adult language, adult themes, psychological nudity. If you find yourself easily offended, you should leave now. If you continue to listen, today we will explore the dark side of He-Man and the masters of the universe. Hello and welcome back to Dark Side of the Nerd. I am your host, Scary Jerry. Today we will be exploring the dark side of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. I am joined today in studio by my very special friend, Vlad the Inhaler. Uh, hi, I'm Vlad and I'm not actually an inhaler, more of an impaler, but an empire <laughs> joke. <laughs> okay, so, Vlad. In order to talk about He-Man, we have to go back to 1981. Now, you might know that the He-Man television show, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, was the first television version of He-Man, and that's probably the one you're most familiar with. Yeah. Um, it started, actually, in 1981 without a cartoon. Because one thing that you need to remember about, like, the 80s and television shows for kids they were basically a 30 minute long toy commercial so he-man started with a toy there was the original series was like six figures it was like he-man tila man-at-arms for the good side and then he had skeletor lockjaw uh the orange guy and beastmaster Beastmaster, yeah that's his name for the bad guys there was also another hero that was or villain that was like ninja or something like that. He was like a ninja guy. He didn't take off. He he didn't resonate very well with audiences. But the idea for a He-Man cartoon started with a 30-second television commercial. It was animated. The style was vaguely like what we had for the the He-Man cartoon. But it was a little more edgy looking, like the the shadowing and the the lines were thicker. It's more of like a darker facade. Yeah, a little bit. It just it, it looked different. And uh, the original idea to build the backstory and the characters to make the kids like the toys and want to play with them was that each 
action figure came with a little mini comic book that told the story. So you'd buy the different figures in the series and get the different books to have the whole story. Now, I mean, could you see where that would work? Like if you were like a kid looking for a toy and there was this cool like muscle bound guy in a box with a sword and everything and a little comic book. Like I, I get it. It makes sense, but it came to kind of a bad start. Like it wasn't received very well. Here's another fun fact. You know, He-Man originally had a beard. I didn't know. And he wore a furry cape. He was looked a lot more like Conan the Barbarian than like the He-Man that we all know and love. Mm-hmm. So in 1983, uh, Filmation Studios, which is, they also made like uh, Fat Albert. You remember watching Fat yeah, Albert? Yeah, hey, 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 it's Fat. Yeah. yeah. So they made... With them in collaboration, they started making the television series. And the television series ran from, like, uh, it started in 1983. And it ran. I don't know how long it ran. It ran until one of those years. Like 1986, I want to say it ran for, like, three years. Um, but the, okay, so He-Man started and the cartoon really took off. I remember buying, like begging my parents to buy me He-Man toys, action figures, play sets. Um, one thing that you need to understand, like, okay, so like every episode of He-Man, it started out, it said, you know, hi, I'm Prince Adam. Fabulous magical powers were revealed to me the day I lifted up my magical sword. Actually, it was the day I held aloft my magical sword. Oh, held aloft my magical sword and said, by the power of Grayskull, I have the power. And, you know, then he turned into like basically the same guy, only with a really fabulous tan and abs. He had a Superman disguise. Right, right. It was very much so with a little common sense on how the two are never by each other. You could figure out their Right. Same I mean, they looked exactly the same. They sounded the same even. Yeah. Um, not to mention they both had the green and yellow striped cat. He-Man, yeah, that's what I was just going to talk about. He-Man's sidekick, his best friend, was like a green tiger called Cringer. Yeah, Cringer. Here's a neat stripes. thing about Cringer that you probably never noticed. Cringer only had one fang. I did notice that, and it's always sticking out like uh, a lot of like cartoon, a yeah yeah like, like a, a lot goofy, of car- yep. like a lot of cartoon characters are designed to be really cute. Yeah, with more recent cartoons have yep, just like the one thing sticking out. But Battle Cat had two. Yeah, because Battle Cat's like more of a serious character, so they were able to kind of like convey that more of the things. For those of you following along at home, Battle Cat is what Cringer turned into when He Man became He Man when he went from Prince Adam to He Man. He pointed his sword at at Cringer, and then Cringer became Battle Cat. And he was just a little bit bigger, and he had, like, armor and a helmet on. And then he was, like, a lot more uh, courageous. Courageous and tough, yeah. He matched uh, He-Man a lot better. Well, that was the the big thing. Like, Prince Adam was kind of like, oh, I'm going to run away. And Cringer was like, I'm scared. 
And then He-Man and Battle Cat were like, we're going to go kick butt, you know? Yeah, it was like two sides of a coin kind of thing with how Adam and Cringer wanted to go the other way. Right. And then Battle Cat and He-Man went towards the danger. They were basic white people in scary movies. <laughs> yes. That's exactly yes, what they, they were. were. They were very much, let's run away. And it works very well if it was like a, if it were like a scary movie kind of thing with how uh, Skeletor is a skeleton. Some other characters that they added into uh, when it became a television show, they added a character named Orko, which was, he was like a magician. He had like a red robe. You never seen his face. You just seen his eyes. And his blue stick ears sticking out. And his blue stick ears. Good attention to detail on that. That'll come into play later when we get into some of the dark theories about the show. But um, he, uh, he could do like magic and stuff, but he wasn't very good at it. He was like a bad magician, which was kind of funny because he came from that species of the magicians and right. wizards that were really good at magic. Right, right. And then there's Orko who just can't do his spells right. Well, and if you look through a lot of the episodes, like well, I, I, a lot of them, like Orko was trying to do some great magic and caused whatever calamity that they had to avert uh, it, he he caused a lot of problems okay, but my favorite thing about orko out of any of the episodes was it it was towards the end of an episode or maybe a start i don't remember it was like that part that's not related to the rest of the episode pretty much oh where it talks about the like the lesson to learn at the no, end no before that oh okay well anyways, he was just like doing like a show to entertain the other characters okay he was going to teleport, make Adam disappear by putting him in a box, making him disappear, opening the box, he's gone. Yeah. But instead of making Adam disappear, he made the king and queen disappear. Uh-oh. And then he tried undoing his spell. And he couldn't and then he, do it. And then he got rid of Man at Arms, Tila, <laughs> all of them. Then he went rushing to the box to check to make sure Adam was still there, and then opened it up, the door, and all the characters started falling out. Okay, so. so instead of making them disappear, he just teleported them to the box. So we're we're getting way ahead. So w one thing that we should probably talk about now are some of the other characters. You know, we talked about He-Man, talked about Cringer and Battle Cat. Um, Tila was like He-Man's childhood friend. Yeah, she was the leader of the Defense Force or whatever. Yeah, and she was Man at Arms' son. Man at Arms. Man at Arms' daughter. Or daughter. Yes. Yes. This was. This was too early for too that. early for that. So Man at Arms was. They also called him Duncan, and he was like the head of he was like the head of the, the army. army for the king and queen. Um, yeah, it was like he was like the top of all the branches, and then there was like the separate branch leaders, right? He was just a like top overseer. And uh, so there was He Man, Battle Cat which was also Prince Adam and Cringer. And funny enough, there was separate toys of all of those. So you could get a He-Man and a Prince Adam for your collection. Mm -hmm. You could get a Cringer and a Battle Cat. So, you know, they had, they had two of them. So, you know, okay, so there was Tila, which was the daughter of Man-at-Arms which was also Duncan. There was Orko. Um, we talked about Castle Grayskull. That's where He-Man gets his power. Castle Grayskull was protected by? The Sorceress. The Sorceress. 
um, who later in the story ended up, it ended up that Sorceress was Tila's mom. And Duncan, man-at-arms, was like her adoptive father, not her real father. And another part that I feel like it doesn't take a whole lot to put together, more so on the villain side of it, though, is that the sorceress and the hawk she turns into shouldn't take a lot of dot connecting to figure out that they're the same. Right. she has, like, that same hawk design on her clothes. But I think people knew that. I don't think that was a, a secret. I think she just turned into a hawk to get around. No, it is actually a secret, because I remember in one of, the scene, one of the episodes, I don't remember what was going on in it, but she was tied up by, oh, yeah, it was one of the first few episodes. When Dark Dream escaped, uh, he had some of like little bat things tied up, tying up the uh, the the Falcon. Instead of her transforming and escape escaping and helping everyone win, um, she used her like telepathy to tell them not to talk to her vocally and only do it through telepathy, because she didn't want them to find out the secret that she was the Hawk. Uh. so it was a secret that she didn't want people to just know. Is like a between her, He-Man, and, and uh, like all of them kind of thing. Now, once we get from those main characters, there was also um, King Randor. That was Prince Adam's dad. And I forget the, what the queen's name, but she was a redhead too. I swear, whoever had the the concept art for these, had a fixation with redheads because the sorceress was redhead. Tila was redhead. The queen was redhead. The cr- queen was redhead. And I'm just saying, even when I was like eight years old watching this, um, they drew them very appealing. Yeah, they drew them very like pleasant on the eyes. anatomically correct yeah i mean tila i i tila had a butt crack in a lot of them she would jump down and run and yeah like I'm, they were good. i know they were cartoons but they were hot they had accurate like autonomy right autonomous, autonomism whatever that a- word is. anatomy and anatomy would be what you're looking for i was for. looking for there's a fancy word i was trying to say for anatomy so that's the basic rundown of the primary good characters but then there were a bunch of other ones that would come in because like i said each show was like a new like its own story well it was like a new commercial so they would introduce a new character when the show like premiered on a monday and then the following weekend that new character's toy would hit the store so the toys kept getting bigger and bigger and expanding um one of the first ones was a, a character called Ram Man. You remember Ram Man? I think so. He had like springy legs and a big metal head and he would jump and oh, like yeah. use his head to smash the things kind open. Of like the juggernaut thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was uh Zodak, which was an interdimensional being yeah, that I tried know. to keep He-Man on the right path. Yeah, he's the one that has like the kind of He-Man thing going on. But it's like white and he yeah. has the weird helmet. Yeah, with like the big eyes. Yep. Like kind of big old sunglasses. Um, another character that they made was Buzz Off. He was a um like a giant bee guy. There was Fisto, which was 
a guy, red haired guy with a beard with like one really big metal fist. Okay, hold on. Here's a couple I'm not sure if they made toys on. Did they make toys on the like little kind of fairy things that protected the unicorn? There were these like little fairies. They were like the red suits. Again, they were redheads. Yeah, I don't remember. Hmm. Yeah, they were... I, I don't remember. They, I don't think they did because I was like crazy into collecting them. And then the other one that I was wondering about is uh, I can't remember his name, but he was like uh, the game hunter. And instead of killing the things he hunted, he basically just froze them in time so to keep their natural to catch beauty. Him. But and he's another one that I'm not sure if they made a toy for. Yeah, I don't. I think they they probably did. Yeah, he looked a lot like. It, but his design was basically just He Man with a recolor. Mm. Well, and then they had they had a metal He Man like. Okay, so we just covered down like the good characters and then the bad characters, the forces of evil that He Man fought were led by Skeletor. Skeletor. Then there was uh, Evelyn, who was Evelyn. like the like, evil version of Tila. Under, like, yep, she was just like a evil sorceress. There was Merman, who was like kind of a frog-looking guy. Um, Beast Man, who was a master of animals. Uh, there was Lockjaw? Lockjaw? Yeah, lock, I, or was it Trapjaw? Trapjaw, yeah, you're trap right, Trapjaw. Trap and you had like the arm that he could turn to like a gun or a hook. Yep, he had all kinds of different weapons that could hook onto his arm. He was always my favorite villain. Um, there was a guy called King Hiss, Clawful, Triclops was the guy with the three eyes oh, like that Triclops. spun around. Yeah. And okay, when wasn't he like? Uh, what did the three? Wasn't there something different with the three eyes? Yeah, one was round, one was a triangle, and one was a square. And they could like when he turned the different thing, they could see different stuff. Okay, that, yeah, he was pretty cool. And then there was Stinkor, who was like a skunk man. Then oh, there was a guy that was uh, like the lizard guy. Um, oh, Whiplash. Whiplash. Yes, yeah. he had the the tail yeah. that he would whip with. I remember uh, there was an episode where he was like the main villain in it because they went to Oracle's dimension because Oracle's uncle uh, got beaten for and like a thing to be the leader of like the academy and he got beaten in a magic battle. He wouldn't have lost if Whiplash didn't basically drug him to make his magic weaker. Okay. So that was kind of a cool episode. And the whole thing was, again, He-Man tagging along because they have to bring him. To defeat the bad guy and save the people. Yep. So what? Here, here's a pop quiz. What when He Man wasn't riding Battle Cat around, which Battle Cat was like his horse. Yeah, he was his steed. What was his preferred method of transportation? Do you remember? Wasn't it like that sky scooter thing? Yes. Yeah. It looks like a jet ski yeah, with like a called. lion head on it that flies yeah, and shoots lasers out. I can't out. think of what they're called. I can't think of what they're called either. But yeah. that was he flew those things around all the time. Yeah, He'd care. always jump on them. And then they had like if there were a bunch of them going they somewhere. Like, kind of like that four seater convertible kind of flying thing. No, no, it was called the attack track, is what I'm thinking. I'm not talking of. about the attack track. I'm talking about the flying one that had, was had like two rows of like three ish seats. Oh, that could be. But, you know, the attack track. And the attack was, track was so funny because it was, like, supposed to be a tank. But, like, where the wheels were, it had, like, these big, long things that flipped around. Yeah, and that, the wheels of, like, drove inside of it. Yeah, that's how a track, like, 
uh, right. that just stays there flat spinning. That like was like the walking. Flip, yeah, it was so so ridiculous, but I loved it. And then they gave it. the attack track like an AI personality kind of thing. I don't know if they did that originally. They might have come to do that later. I know later. it was in the original show, but I don't know how far in. So Skeletor, let's talk a little bit about Skeletor. Okay. Describe him. Yeah, really kind of like stereotypical villain kind of thing going on with like a skeleton face. The skeleton had the hood up. What Basically, color was he? Like a blue and purple. Yep, like his hood was purple and yeah. he was blue. Yeah, and he was like basically just because all the villains are more or less designed off of like the good guys, just like a flip version. He was a flip of. Um, well, yeah, even here, if you, I pull it up a picture here, if you look at him, he's, he's got where his hood goes, he's got like this little cross bone thing that's like in the, in the center of his chest. And then you you look down at He Man, and that was like his cross. His cross, but, but yeah. Then very it's similar like how looking. His is like um, more squared off. Skeletor, yeah, it's like his face is square. Skeletor's is more like a diamond shape, so yep. it's like tilted. So, in every show, they would there would be some sort of either plot that Skeletor was doing. Oh, Skeletor had a panther like a purple panther that he mm-hmm. rode around it that was a lot like battle cat yeah, it, was only, inverse, uh, it was the inverse to battle cat right and uh here's one that you might not know did you know that he-man and skeletor have a sword that looks almost identical it's just one is like black and one is silver i don't remember skeletor having a sword yeah it looks just like he-man's sword it's just a different color yeah i don't remember him. that's gonna come into play later some of the darker theories you know and of course you know you got evil lynn who was like the opposite of tila and then um oh what was that one's name wait no that's not even a yeah see that's ray man yeah whenever i'm the one i'm thinking is even the skeletor guy he's a zordak guy okay so zord all right so we'll fast forward we got so he-man went for a run for like two it was like 85, so from 83 to 85. Yeah, it was like two or three years. And then it got its first spinoff. Which was She-Ra. She-Ra, Princess of Power. She ended up being his, he, twin, his sister. twin sister from another dimension. And her main bad guy was Hordak. Which was uh, Skeletor's, Skeletor's old, boss. Yeah, his old like boss and right. mentor, basically. Yep. So they re- they did a really good job of thinking out the two stories, and it's funny the whole the whole edition of of Shira making Shira. Well, it was kind of like a uh, like the actual character setup and why they fight is kind of like a Robin Hood kind of thing. I feel well, at least I feel like cause, well, no, cause, yeah, because Hordak was like bent a, on world domination. And he and, was already like an over big. Person. like they a despot like, yeah oh. they were like a rebel force fighting against him right and she-ra started out fighting for hordak like she yeah. was she was she one was of his one generals of mm-hmm. then she realized like how corrupt he was and was like yeah i gotta stop you but because well, he-man showed up in their dimension yeah he-man showed up she was like and like you he's like i'm your brother right like, well no like, they I'm didn't know brother. they were brother and sister at first but and of like and then throughout like the show is like i'm your brother and it's like I have a brother. But why do you think they created She-Ra? Because, uh, well, 
He-Man really appealed to like the male audience, so I feel like that was more of to get like younger girls like into the series. You win a cookie. Oh, I like cookies. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. They they Mattel, who was the toy company, realized that hey, we're missing out on like half like we could be double, of our potential customers. We should make double the profit we already are because we're only applying to men. Because women are exactly gonna, younger girls aren't going to want like muscle really bound he mans, right? They want man who just punches the bad guys. They're going to want like more of a princess exactly because her she, design really is princessy. Yep, and she it's, flew a like a, a unicorn, a unicorn her, horse. Her um. Instead of Cringer, she had, like, her horse. Right. That when she used her power on it, turned into the flying unicorn. Right. So, it really, from a marketing standpoint, it's genius. Like, it's like, hey, we can double our profits on this. And it wasn't even, like, other series and shows that they, like, did it as, like, an afterthought. And it turned out really crappy. Because She-Ra, if you're into it, is pretty good. It's a good show. It really is. And Hordak, I like Hordak more than Skeletor. I like how he can change his shapes into different, like... And just his design is a lot cooler. Right. He's got like that skull looking face and the. And then one of his arms is like a gun. Right. It, well, it changes. Like he can change yeah. it into all kinds of different like weapons. Just, usually it's like a gun just by default. Right. So you had that. And then in 1990, they na- made a show called New Adventures of He Man. <sighs> oh, I didn't see that one. I'm assuming from that Excel, it wasn't that great. I watched one episode of it. They tried to make He-Man look like 90s. Like, Gone was like the He-Man bowl cut. He had like a long hair and a ponytail, kind of like if you put a mullet into a ponytail. I know which one you're talking about now. That one. Oh, it was horrible. And they made it. Here's the thing that bugged me the most. They made his sword look different. Like, the whole premise of the story was like they changed everything. Okay, that was, if I'm thinking right, that was the one that the, like, uh, Skeletor and his people design was really cool, in my opinion. Opinion, if it's the one I'm thinking of. No, it, no, I think you're thinking of the 2001. There was oh, yeah, one that was made one. in 2002. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. That I like Skeletor and like the bad guys design in that one. Because in 2002, they came up with they gave him more of like they, a, yeah, they did a reboot, kind of like an Arthur Pendragon hairstyle type thing. Yeah, yeah. kind of, and they like just retooled and modernized. It was it was made for comedy or not Comedy Central, uh, Cartoon Network made it, and it was really good. And they they made the you know the whole thing. It was just extremely appealing. Um, the the newer style artwork, the the whole storyline, it was just really good. Um, then they made another iteration. Do you remember the one where like Skeletor wasn't really the bad guy? Like he tried to do some magic that melted off his face. He started out one of the king's advisors. Wait, a show or a theory? A show. Okay. It was one of the reboots that it came out I... in the two thousands. I know you've watched it when you were little. But it sounds familiar. I just can't think of it. But then, and this was the one where Skeletor like. Was wearing like like after he became Skeletor, he's like in this big suit and had like this CG like a ghost skull face, like it wasn't a real skull. I know what you're talking. And it was about. green. Yeah. They changed his colors, and it, he just he didn't look right anymore. I liked that one as a kid, but then I watched like the original, and I was like, "What's going This on is one Skeletor? of those ones where, the, to me, nothing, no iteration, no reboot, 
will they, ever like the O2 one they did good on it but it's not better than the original it's like voltron you can't do better than the original i would agree with that there's good ones but not better i would agree with that and uh so they they made this show and uh i'd say they did an all right job with try what they were trying to do was reach younger audiences because of all the success that they had in the 80s they were trying to recapture that Yeah, because from the 80s they already had like preteens and both uh boys and girls interested with he-man and she-ra well yeah they're trying to go into like the young like a step down in age well and you have to look at things like okay so i was the original target audience and making one for like when i was when you were yeah. yeah and so when when i and when the 1991 popped out i mean i had just discovered nirvana and had was growing my hair out yeah, and like i was like, not in i was no longer their target audience yeah, i was like not into it. sitting at home watching cartoons i wanted to go out and smoke yeah, a joint that's and probably when you're like 15 16 that age range no i would i would have been 13 so uh, yeah, but like, i was looking you, at getting in trouble you start doing the stupid high schooler thing right right i was you i was ready to move out. on from watching cartoons you know, hurrying home yeah. to watch cartoons after school. So they school. were going to the people that were your age when when it started, but that point. Like yeah, so like I, that's why it like never to like nine year olds. That's why it never appealed to me because I you were past that. Like, I was threshold. past that threshold where I would want to watch something like that. Yeah, you were you were less of a stay home watching a show and more of going out and doing something stupid with your friends. I mean, honestly, that's that's where it was like for me. It went from hurrying home after school to watch cartoons to suffering through the school week to get to like Saturday and then staying up late and watching Saturday night live and USA up all night. And you know, all the, you know, more not cartoons. Cause like I went through a phase where it's like, Oh, cartoons for babies. I don't want to watch cartoons. Like everyone does in their life. Then it's like, okay. It's kind of funny how that works. You start out, you're younger. You love cartoons. Yeah, you start out when you're younger. Save that thought, because we'll we'll be back in just a minute. Okay. Welcome to the Anthology of Horror Podcast Network. Prepare to be thrilled, entertained, and immersed in a world of terror like never before. We proudly present a lineup of bone-chilling shows that will captivate your imagination and send shivers down your spine. Leading the pack is the Anthology of Horror podcast, hosted by my good friend, Spring-Heeled Jack. Join him as he unravels the most terrifying tales, exploring true crime, haunted history, and ghost stories that will leave you breathless. With Spring-Heeled Jack's mesmerizing storytelling skills, you'll find yourself immersed in a world where darkness lurks around every corner. But that's not all. Get ready for a dose of laughter and scares as we bring you the hilarious and thrilling game streams of Foxhound 43 on Rumble. Foxhound 43 is a master of combining humor and horror, creating an unforgettable streaming experience that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Join in the fun as he ventures into the darkest realms of gaming 
facing spine-chilling challenges with a witty and entertaining twist. And we're back. So where we left off, we were in the 90s. We covered the 2002 adaptation. Um, they released a new reboot in on Netflix in, uh, I want to say 2021 was when it came out. And it was just called Masters of the Universe. So it wasn't He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. It was Masters of the Universe. Did you watch any of that one at all? Was that the one that was, like, really horribly bad? No, I didn't think it was bad at all. But what it followed was... Okay, so in the very first episode, He-Man basically is presumed to have died. He got destroyed by Skeletor, and Skeletor's missing as well. So it was, like, kind of a... He took out the bad guy, but... So basically, like, uh, he took out the bad guy, but wasn't able to keep going afterwards. Well, they, like, disappeared in a flashlight, so you don't know if he was dead or whatever. So they're just both kind of out of the picture. Yeah, and so Skeletor's henchmen just, like, start causing havoc, and then basically Tila picks up the mantle, so it followed Tila and her adventures through the first season of it now it, it is scheduled for two seasons but only one has been made the second one has been announced but they haven't dropped it yet so i don't know if it'll it really did come out to mixed reviews though because people didn't like that it didn't have he-man in it yeah because like i mean us- he-man usually spin-offs that drops the main character from the original don't do very well <laughs> Velma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a perfect example but uh but no, they, it, it was on its own. It was an okay, like all the bad guys were trying to like vie for control with the, the absence of Skeletor. They were basically fighting for a replacement. Right. And then, uh, I think Evelyn like, would be the best replacement for Skeletor. Like Triclops ended up, uh, starting a new religion about like cyborg implanted people. It was really weird. He became like a holy man. It, it was it was really weird. Um, okay, now I'm just picturing him in like a like a priest thing. Yeah, he did. He had oh. kind of like these green robes that he wore with like eyes all over it. It was really fucking weird. Okay, that's kind of funny. But uh, the biggest thing that people griped about was that the females were too masculine looking. They were too like muscular and strong looking when they weren't originally. Now here's a fun one. The uh, you probably have no idea who this is, but the gal that voiced Tila in the newest iteration is uh, Sarah Michelle Geller. Does that name ring any bells? She sounds familiar. Can't think of from what she was in. I know what you did last summer. She was the blonde girl. She's been in a lot of movies. She's a movie actress. Okay. She was. Uh, you ever seen the TV show Buffy and the Vampire Slayer? I don't think so. Okay. Gosh, you're such, such a youngie. Like, in so many ways, bro, or in so many ways, Vlad, you have so many cool things about you that you understand and I can talk to you about. And then there's other stuff where it's like you just have no fucking clue. 
Or it's one of those, it might be one of those things that I've seen it, but I can't think of it. It could be. Because I've be. seen a lot of stuff that I just can't think of. So I do want to talk a little bit about the toys. Like I love, like I said before, I loved the toys. And um, I, I don't think we said this, but you are my son. Yeah. You know, it was... You know, you were my oldest son. And then from when I was younger, it's just kind of like a chip off the old block because I had right. your old toys and I loved them. Right. I, I remember getting, finding that bag of my old He-Man figures and letting you play with them. And I had all sorts of stuff in it and I loved them. Like how much cool stuff there was. Yeah, because um, we found them in grandma's house. Right, right. Up they, in like the, in the attic. attic. Yeah. Yep. And it was, had like your He-Man, Skeletor, I want to say a trap jaw. I don't know if I had a trap jaw. I know I had a buzz saw, but that was yeah. from um, that wasn't from He Man. That no. was from um, Silverhawks. Then was that where I got like my Power Rangers from, or was that somewhere else? Yeah, I think there might have been some Power then, Rangers. Then like in these there. old like kind of they were bigger than He Man toys, probably like double the height, and they were like these suit dressed kind of spy guys. I don't remember those. Yeah, there was two of them. Me and Jace both had one. Those might have been just like G.I. Joe's. G.I. Joe had like old school G.I. Yeah, Joe's like were like 12 inches mm-hmm. tall. They were big. It might have been G.I. Joe. But uh, one thing that I did want to touch on in uh, 89, they released a live action He-Man movie. Do you remember watching that? Yep. What did you think of it? Didn't like it. Didn't like it. Why? What didn't you like about it? That was just another one of those. It was like that uh, live-action Power Rangers they did. They just changed it, it was, too much. It was good, just not as a... Like, if they wouldn't have called He-Man. it He-Man. If like, they if would they have made, made it its own thing, right? then I would have been all right with it. It's just with the mantle in my mind that the original cartoon's on, I just couldn't bring it down to the level of, like, a live-action with how they did it. Right. Well, and like, I mean, so, like, there was... He- He-Man was played by Dolph Lundgren, who was a big-time 80s action hero like he was in all kinds of action movies and he played he-man and then you had tila and you had man at arms and in the movie tila and man at arms weren't father and daughter they were just fellow fighters and in the world that he-man was from they didn't it wasn't like he was a prince and he was just he-man he didn't have like this alternative like adam adam and he didn't have a cringer there was a Skeletor, and the makeup, this is one thing I will give it. The makeup that job that they did on Skeletor the to make his face look like a skeleton yeah. face was fucking amazing. Yeah, it was pretty good. Like, it was so cool looking. Man, that was just one of those things that I feel like they changed too many minor details. And I feel like it's only, like, the, I think it was the Man-at-Arms one that I didn't like as the actor for him. He was just, like, some old dude. He didn't. Looker, at, he was a minor character. Yeah, and I feel like just I didn't like how they did like the character roles in it with how some are more minor than they are in the cartoon. Right, and they missed so many cool like okay, so Skeletor had some henchmen. He had Evelyn, and the whoever that that was that played Evelyn played her really well. Yeah, that was a really good. Uh, that was probably I'd say one of the best. Fun fact: she was the same actress that was in They Live that played the uh, the news reporter lady that turned him in at the end did you ever watch they live yeah you know the girl with the really really blue eyes uh-huh. that was the same actress that played evil in i 
didn't know that. Yeah. Wait, did, wait, did she, I didn't even notice that the evil one had blue eyes. Yeah, well, she she did that actress, like that's her signature thing. She has blue eyes that look like the way like a husky's blue eyes look. They're so blue they're almost white. Her eyes are so blue they look like those eye color changing contacts. Right, right. So uh but the the movie wasn't bad, but they didn't have like they didn't have trap jaw in it. They had Beast Man. They had Evil Lynn. Beast Man was a minor part, and he just looked like a barbarian. He didn't look like a half beast, half yeah. man. And then they they had like some lizard guy and some blade guy. They didn't have Orko. They had some other little like midget guy that was like a scientist inventor that created the portal thing that he yeah, could make just... portals open with. Yeah, I don't remember. They they didn't have a whole lot of like Grayskull in it, right? No, well, and Grayskull looked, Grayskull Castle looked like the castle from the Dark Crystal. Like, it, it was like this big half moon shaped thing. It didn't look like Grayskull, like what we all remember Grayskull yeah. looking like. That's one of the things I don't like that they did. And then even like the sorceress, she they didn't make her look like a bird lady. Yeah. She had like just crystals all over her body. And she was yeah. a really old lady. I, I don't know. It didn't work in the long at the like end. A, it just it did it, not work. They could have done it well if they didn't change so many like important details. Right. Well, and then they had it like He Man and his crew traveled to nineteen eighty, our world nineteen eighty. Mm-hmm. And it's like they in the eighties they loved to do that kind of shit. Yeah, they loved to bring them into our world. And it was so stupid. It didn't need to be. They could have said it all in eternity. It had a complete fantasy world and a war and fighting and everything. And it would have been a wonderful show. There's other movies and stuff that did that. Right. I want to watch that movie. Yeah, I don't want to watch them come to the eighties LA or New York or wherever it was. Yeah, I want them to like Maybe make a new location that we haven't seen in the cartoon for the movie, but keep it in eternity. In eternity. Eternia. Now, there was one funny scene in the movie where they're sitting there. They went to a rib shack and got, like, um, a bucket of ribs. And they're sitting there eating them in the bushes. And uh, Tila's like, I don't know how they put the food on these little sticks like this. (laughs) And and Man-at-Arms is like, they're bones. And she stops eating. She's like. You mean this used to be alive? <laughs> this used to be alive. And he takes a bite. He goes, yep. And takes a bite, <laughs> licks his fingers. It's like, oh, that's wonderful. That's great. Yeah, because I remember in the movie, she was like, uh, kind of like an animal rights activist. Kind of. Yeah, kind of. Like, they, they were very much hippies. Like, they were like, fighting against Skeletor, who ate animals and wanted horrible things. Yeah, and, that was like an episode to episode on how obvious it was. But. It was oh, you like, mean in the cartoon? Yeah. Uh, no. Because I remember there were some episodes where they were going up against someone who... Wanted to destroy like a certain race or was not, hunting. Not even or... that. He was just like a hunter yeah. in one of the episodes. And they didn't like that he was hunting, so they put a stop to him. Right. I mean, they, they, the big thing, like at the end of every He-Man show, we talked about it a little bit earlier... But at the every at the end of every show, there was always a lesson to be learned, like a moral of some sort. Right, and He Man or one of the main <laughs> characters would come in and say, "In the uh, you know today we learned whatever you know," and 
Yeah, you know, and in some of them, you know, Skeletor. Skeletor was like the worst bad guy ever. He was because he wasn't really that bad. Yeah. Now, sure, he may self-proclaim himself as like evil ruler of the universe, but he wasn't. Yeah. He didn't really do very much evil stuff. He wasn't even really that tough in the series because I can think there's a lot of times the like cartoon that they broke into Snake Mountain to do whatever. Right. Oh, Snake Mountain. We should talk about Snake Mountain. Snake Mountain was his hideout. Hideout. Now, the one toy, like the Holy Grail toy that I always wanted and never got, they had, are you ready for this? An Eternia playset that would literally take up like a whole six-person kitchen table when it was all set up. It had Snake Mountain at one end, it had Grayskull at one end, it had the castle where the king and queen lived. And it had all these little tracks and swamps and different areas you that could play in. That is the holy grail of, like, oh, not even just He-Man, of, like, other series too, then. But, like, how freaking awesome is that? Like, you like know, the only it, The only one I can think of that, like, I could compare to that is a Voltron thing I saw a while back. That was, like, the separate lines that you could turn into Voltron. Oh, I had those. Those were cool. And it was it was so dumb because they didn't really like fit together the way they like, should. They should, but like the, the feet, the heads just turned and the legs folded up. It was like those little transformers that you could get. And then they have like little seats for the guys to sit in and yeah. all the spots. And... Yeah, it was like the, the transformers you could get where it's like you lift up the hood, pull the head up, and stand them up. Right. And it, it was so cool because like when when you put all the pieces together. I mean, it was like two feet tall. Yeah. It was huge, and it had the sword and everything. Okay, that's for a different show, though. Yeah, but those were cool. Those were cool. Um, I really, though, like the 80s was an awesome time to be a kid because there were so many just badass toys to play with. There were so many cool toys because, like I said, every show. It was and it, didn't, it, it could have been My Little Pony. My Little Pony was the same way. It was a 30-minute toy commercial for girls' toys. And every show they would have a new pony that would show up, and then the new pony would be in the store, so you'd have to go buy it. Like that's the way they all were, and there were just countless action figures and play sets and vehicles, and it was truly amazing. It was so much fun. Yeah, it was just like there was a lot of different, and even then you could like take your different guys from different things and, and play with them things. together, yeah. right? Do your own little thing, like make your own thing. I was just gonna say that because like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, He-Man action figures were, like, five and three-quarter inches. Uh-huh. Maybe six. I don't think they were six. I don't think so. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figures were on the same scale as He-Man so that action you could figures. Like, so you could play with them together. And yeah. it didn't wasn't, like, weird. And you make them, like, their own little guys. Or, like, uh, I remember I was, me and Jace were playing with some toys we had when we were younger. We had your He-Man toys. I yep. don't remember where we got them but we had some ninja mutant turtles those were all in the same bag yeah, i had I a bunch of yeah, i can't remember if those turtles were yours or not yep but like we were doing it to where like we had our own guys we got to pick different character like different teams basically right like the turtle and then you'd or... have a war no not that we oh. pick our two guys have a war with our two teams that were like however many characters and then we would have other groups that we could put out as like a distraction that they have to fight through to win. Was, I always cheated 
And I never lost because see, I cheated. The great thing about it was, is, though, is that they really did encourage creativity, creative play. You know, and you know, is there part of me that wishes I would have kept everyone in its package? Well, when I look on eBay and see how much original first generation, <laughs> like how much that He Man you had would have been for. worth. Hell yeah, I wish I did that. But if you go back and think about how much fun you had with them. Exactly. And how much like sentimental value was built up right. over the years. Well, and I never would have had the sentimental value if you left them in the box. If they were in the boxes just sitting on a shelf. Yeah, because that sentimental value only comes into them when you have From them playing with them. And you play with them and you do different things with them. Exactly. So that it was funny. There was there was a mechanical, like a robot guy that had i forget what his name was there was one guy called stratos that he could he had he had like wings and he could fly there was a guy that was like cyclone you played with cyclone he looked like he-man but he had like this little little thing thing on the back and he he spin and his arms flung up i like like cyclone yep that was a lot of fun he was another one that had blue skin too i think he was a good guy yeah but it was weird because a lot of the episodes like there'd be this person that would show up and they'd be doing something and they weren't like He-Man would fight them, but then they'd realize that, Hey, we don't need to fight. We could be, be allies. We don't need to fight. We can be friends. Right. But overall, I mean, that's kind of He-Man in a nutshell. That was fun stuff. So now we're going to take a little bit of a left-hand turn and uh, I'm going to ask you some questions. Oh, okay. All right. First question. We're going to play a little game of FMK. FMK. All right. So, fuck, Mary, kill. Tila, Shira, or Evelyn? Do they fight back if I try to kill them? No. Oh, okay, good. Because if they were fighting back, then Evelyn was far from the kill because she could kick my ass. (laughs) (laughs) Um,. I'd say, fuck Tila, they gave her the best, like, anatomy, <laughs> so we know what we're getting into the best. And then the other two were She-Ra and Evelyn. Yep. Kiss She-Ra, kill Evelyn. <laughs> okay, now, uh, same game. He-Man, Skeletor, and Man-at-Arms. So this is just whichever one will be the nicest to me. <laughs> This is whichever one I can close my eyes and his picture and picture is not a man the most. <laughs> you know what? I'm pulling out a trap card and saying, wait, what were the options? He-Man, Skeletor, Man-at-Arms. Kill Man-at-Arms, kill He-Man, slap Skeletor. <laughs> <laughs> like, nope. Kill them all. <laughs> no, no, no. Slap Skeletor. slap Skeletor. I never said kill Skeletor. I think Skeletor. you'd be like. I think you'd be like. <laughs> Pull out the spray bottle and go. No, no, bad boy. I like think you'd be. I think you'd be. I think you would be like, kill He Man, kill Man at Arms, go cause some hijinks with Skeletor. He'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, Skeletor, you're my fucking best friend now. <laughs> you're my best friend now. Let's go do what you were trying to do, but better because I killed the two people getting in your way the most. Okay, That's how that so would go. so I think that that kind of covered you know, just a basic history. I mean, there, I was going to like do a blow by blow 
action figure count, but there are literally so many that I cannot find a complete list. And that would just take so long. Right. That'd be like like, 20 minutes of just reading off toys. Maybe even longer. So that would have a significant amount of time that we don't probably shouldn't get into because. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to sit there and listen to us just list off stuff off. So. All right, so we will be back in just a minute, and when we come back, we will explore the dark side of He-Man. Do you have any thoughts of what the dark side of He-Man could be? I got a couple. Okay. I'll bring up, okay, when we come back, I'll bring up my ideas. You can tell me how far off I am. Okay. Hello, are you looking to embrace the horror lifestyle? Visit AOHPmerch.com, our official merchandise store. Unearth a treasure trove of chillingly stylish apparel, accessories, and collectibles that will let you proudly display your love for the dark and mysterious. From eerie artwork to spine-tingling wearables, our merchandise collection will delight every horror enthusiast. Get ready to be consumed by the Anthology of Horror Podcast Network. Immerse yourself in spine-chilling tales, gut-busting streams, and intellectually twisted discussions. Tune in to the Anthology of Horror podcast hosted by Spring-Heeled Jack. Enjoy the hilarious hilarious streams of Foxhound 43 on Rumble. And explore the darkness with my shows, Demented Darkness and Dark Side of the Nerd. And don't forget to visit AOHPmerch.com to complete your horror experience with our terrifyingly delightful merchandise. Hello and welcome back. This is our final segment. And just like you can't have a night of binge drinking without waking up with a crazy hangover, just like you can't have yin without the yang, You can't have light without the dark. Now we're going to explore the dark depths of He-Man's conspiracies. (sighs) Where do we start? The first thing I'm going to start is that this theory states that He-Man and Skeletor are the same person. That Skeletor... That Skeletor came from the future and he was He-Man. What happened was He-Man, who was so good and everything went through and exterminated all the evil. But here's something from history class, okay? With that, there will always be a new evil. There will always be a new evil, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. So what happens there is like He-Man got corrupted from being the one that destroyed all the evil that he became the new evil. Right. And went back in time. To stop himself. Because he realized what happened and went back in time to try and stop himself from becoming him. Exactly. And keeping the old balance that there was that he got rid of. Exactly. So and like there's, there is a little bit of, there's a little bit of stuff from the shows that backs this theory up. Now, first and foremost, to me, the biggest thing that, that makes me think this could be a possibility. Is the identity, for me, it's the, how identical their clothing is. Their clothing. Without the exact same with minor color change and details. Okay. That's a good one. The other one to me is that they're so evenly matched. Because they always, when they would fight, it always came to a stalemate. And the other one, and they 
kind of touch in this theory a little bit in that Masters of the Universe, that most recent cartoon, in that they're two sides of the same coin. Because what could have happened with the Skeletor and He-Man fighting, that could have been when he that He-Man went could have like been a point in time where he went back or something. I I don't know something like that. But what I was getting at was the swords because Skeletor had a sword that looked almost just like He-Man's. It was just a different color. Uh huh. Which if he went evil and corrupted the magic, it would have changed. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. Because like older shows love to uh when a character goes from the good to bad, change their weapon. Exactly. Exactly. Their their evilness corrupts the metal or whatever. Well, and there was like there was like little Easter eggs that you could look at in the show that would make sense to that. So, what do you think? Do you think that one's bullshit, or do you think that could be a possibility? I think it could be a possibility because there is a lot of details in the show that like prove it, and then you could even well, and you even look at okay, so Skeletor rides the Black Panther. That could be that could be the evil Cringer, or you could even take a step further and say that evil Lin. Could also be like a Tila from the future. Could be. Could bring it to that point too. It makes a lot of sense. Um, now I'm going to bring up another. This one, I, I'll just tell you what it is. The, the this theory states that King Randor, He Man, and all of the quote unquote good characters are actually the villains. And it's just like. Uh... Like how, and they're exterminate. They're racially exterminating everyone that's not like them or that's not on their side. Like all those blue, skin the blue people, skin people, because Skeletor has the blue skin, right? Trap Jaw has blue skin. Um, I personally like at a surface glance. Yes, that makes a lot of sense, and also. Hordak could also possibly have blue skin. I don't think we've seen his. You don't see his skin because he's wearing a suit. Yeah, so he could, which would make sense with him being Skeletor's like... But here's where it doesn't make sense, okay? You touched on it earlier. What color is Orko? Blue. Blue. But that's... But Orko, we know what he is. He's his own little people. Yeah, but he's blue. If they're attacking blue-skinned people... Oh, yeah, then why would they want... Why would they allow Orko to live? Because they know what color he is because they see his ears. Right. Um, Here's another one, Stratos, that we talked about. uh He had blue skin. There have been a lot of characters that have blue skin. Even um, Cyclone had blue skin. But significantly less than, uh, like, the regular skin people. Right, but you look at Skeletor's side... The only ones that really have blue skin are Skeletor and Trapjaw. Yeah. Um, Merman's green. Beastman's orange. Claw. The, the claw guy is orange. Whipclash. So, I, I, for me personally, that one doesn't hold water. I don't think that that's a valid... I mean, there's a possibility, but it's not as, like, dominant in backing as the other one so here's but here's the thing with these two theories so far i don't believe that they ever intended i believe that was just that the way it was written the way you watch what you get what you see is what they wanted to portray they didn't want a deeper undercut meaning how about this one 
He-Man's really gay. What? Never heard that one. There's a lot of little tiny things that you see through the different, um, in the shows between Prince Adam, He-Man, okay, and now, what he does. Now I'm just picturing like He-Man is Prince Adam's like gay stripper counterpart. I mean, Prince Adam did wear purple tights. I'm not saying that's going to make you gay, but although just, I, I, I think wearing purple tights, you'd be more likely to be gay than not gay. Although just on the side of tights, then following <laughs> that logic, Robin Hood's gay, Superman's <laughs> gay. <laughs> so I don't think but, that's uh, the strongest there, argument. There was, a, there was another one. There was one episode in particular where He-Man got sent to this alternate planet where there was like a bird lady that looked kind of like he had amnesia. Mm -hmm. And in that world, the one that, um, the, uh, the villain wasn't Skeletor. It was a giant rabbit man. He had like big floppy ears, Easter bunny, but he was like Skeletor. He had Skeletor's voice. The one trying to fight him looked kind of like the sorceress. Only she really was like half bird, half human. Um, and in that one, at the end, they released a rainbow that flew across the sky and brought balance back to the world. So, I don't know. I, but uh, but again, it's one of those things where it's like our modern eyes might look at that and say, oh, man, there's so many little yeah, gay back things. Back then, like, a rainbow probably wasn't, like... I don't know what, I don't know when they adopted the rainbow as their, like... It, might, it was probably already adopted at that point, but it probably wasn't as publicly seen. But the other thing too is that you to take into consideration is in the eighties people weren't as open with their sexuality as they are now. I mean there were a few notable ones, you know, Freddie Mercury, Elton John, but things over, like that. But overall, but overall people closeted. were very, very deep in the closet. So if you weren't it, So tell me this. Tell me this. If you were a cartoonist, an animator, or whatever that worked for filmation, mm -hmm. and you were gay, and you had an opportunity to put some stuff into a cartoon that, like, most of the people watching would have no idea what it meant, but anyone else who was gay would be like, "Oh, that's a gay nod." That's a gay nod. Would you do it? Oh, I would. I would do it all over the place. Right. So I mean, there there's a chance that there could be a lot of that, that stuff hidden in there. On if any of like the actual animating crew were gay, right? That's what but I mean, the, the chances of there not being any are probably pretty small. Like I, you know as well as I do, there's like, and there's always been a lot of gay people. Like yeah, it's like. It was, it, it, it's like, uh, it's just, it, it used to be underground. They had to be yeah, secretive about it. People used to think people like the public view is that there used to be less numbers, but it's just, they were always less, there. They were just better at hiding. There's just less numbers that told people. Exactly. So there's that angle. I don't know that I, uh, to me, honestly, I look at it like, I feel like it's one of the most circumstantial and kind of far-fetched ones. Everything, all of these different theories that i found are anecdotal at best like they're, they're not concrete okay i saw one that had the least evidence out of all the ones you've brought up so far but i kind of want to bring it up because it's pretty cool okay go for it it followed that so you know how it's kind of like it feels set in the past but they have like 
advanced technology compared to what we have now. Yeah. So that the theory I saw was how Eternia is like our our world just after an existential crisis where we got to a certain point of technological advances that we reset ourselves basically oh and we and launched like, ourselves into the past so people would be like like mutated and that's where all the monsters yeah that's where like trapped on because we got to a point where it kind of stuff like kind of like a nuke that engulfed the planet Instead and changed destroying everything. it it changed it and kind of shift everything around and that would explain the t- the why there's like that's a fun theory because it's like kind of it feels set in the past with advanced technology right that's what it feels like it's like well, because they have like swords and shields and stuff, but they also have flying cars and lasers. Yeah, and so it's like, it's just one of those things that I—that's one of the ones I feel like is fairly likely, despite how little evidence there, there is. is. I, I could see that making sense. Um, yeah. now let's talk about some other things. Did you know He-Man was put on blast, like attacked? Can you think of anything that He-Man would be attacked for? Like in modern society? Yeah, like our fucking cancel culture. I guess probably toxic masculinity. <laughs> you guess right. It said that they, that it would lead little boys to have an improper idea of what a masculine man would look like. I mean... Because they didn't have any fat characters. All the characters were fit and trim and muscular. And if you didn't fit into that mold... So they were saying it could cause body dysmorphia and all kinds of bullshit. So basically just a bunch of snowflakes doing snowflake stuff. But see, what they don't understand is the generation that watched it, that it was written for. We didn't have babysitters. TV was the babysitter. We didn't have bubble-wrapped playgrounds. We had metal slides that when you slid down that thing, you burned three layers of skin off your ass. Those were when I. Those are still around when I was like little, little. I remember those. So there's one at the park in downtown. We were like the first generation of latchkey kids. We were yeah, the like, ones. You're so okay, you're we had a thick skin, and yeah, I loved He Man. I knew I would never look like He Man. You wished you could, but you knew you wouldn't. Like there like, were only like Arnold Schwarzenegger looked like He Man. I'd love to look like He-Man. Right. But, but unless I start taking like some serious steroids, I won't. Right, exactly. The average person's never gonna get there. And that's I feel like is a pretty easy thing to understand unless you're like They also know. didn't like the fact that like all of the female characters wore heels all the time. When they were running through a jungle, they wear heels. And they also probably didn't like kind of the one piece swimming suit design of like, right. clothes. The the Unitard type one piece outfits with no yeah. pants and and even like in Shira when she was her alternate identity and not Shira she had like a long sleeve shirt and everything up top but then it went down to her legs and she was wearing like bikini bottoms yeah they they loved like they to like loved to sexualize them and that is one thing that that the original He-Man got kind of blasted about was that it was too sexual for intended audiences, the intended audience, which I can see both sides of it. Although I feel like a part of that one was to make it to where when someone like the parents of a kid that was watching He-Man could watch it with them. Yeah. Could it actually sit there and not want to like, <laughs> so here's a, a here's a funny whatever. story. It must've been like 84 or 85. I used to go, I had a neighbor that 
um, I would go to their house after school and um, we went there and she was a girl and she was like a year younger than me. And she had a little brother that was like in kindergarten and we came home from school and He-Man was a half an hour show. Mm-hmm. And it started at the same time that Sesame Street came on. Oh, her mom used to make us watch Sesame Street because that was educational. And I would I would make well thought out arguments. I would say, "Well, He Man's only half an hour. Sesame Street's an hour long, so can we watch He Man and then switch to Sesame Street?" But her little brother would throw a fit, and we didn't get to watch He Man. So I hated going to their house because I never got. I missed so many He Mans from going to their house. I feel like her brother should have been able to get down to some He Man. Right. It, it was like typically the younger you are. You're more all right with big muscly dude punching bad dudes. Right. It was it was crazy. But yeah, um uh, the big part on why that's getting so much heat now is when your generation was still kids, trigger warnings were to warn people who have epilepsy about seizures. No, we didn't even have those. I know, just like I'm Okay, so like here's a fun one. Most. Here's a fun one. It, the original Pokemon when it first came out had in the first season one had a scene where it flashed red and white for like 13 seconds when a ball was spinning <laughs> and it went red, white, red, white, red, white, red, white and sent like half of a Japan into seizures because it like fucked with their little brains. <laughs> <laughs> so that was so, but they didn't do that. You also got to remember back then we didn't know what we know now, now about stuff. Yeah. Now, it, back to the thing about the sexualization thing. When I was a kid, I didn't really know about sex. When I was like you eight or nine, I didn't, didn't think about that. I didn't realize Tila was running around half naked. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't really, think about things like that. As a kid of that that young, you didn't think, huh, she's hot. I want to get inside of that. Right. You thought, you thought, when can this girl get off screen so I can watch the big muscly dude punch people? Oh, by the way, for my MFK... I would go I would go Tila fuck Shira kill Evelyn Mary because huh. I don't know I Tila don't... was my first love Tila's a reason why I think redheads are hot I mean yeah, watching I'm... I'm the same thing. Like it's like it's like that. So she on was that, my first cartoon crush. So in that respect, I can see where some of the sexual programming had an effect on me personally. Yeah, but I as still when I was little, but I didn't think really, about things like that. That's a really like minute detail that only really popped up when you got older. Older, right? When I was like, like, when I rewatched it, and I was like, holy shit, Tila was hot. Yeah, you didn't think that when you were younger. No, you didn't. You didn't think that's that entirely, at all. That, that's a, what I was rolling back into with how you realize that when you got older to keep the parents able to actually sit there and watch it with their kids. Right, right. Because you, you, you know all the parents that were watching where the kids were thinking, she's hot. Right. She's all the dads too. were anyways. Yeah, and the moms were like. Moms were like, I don't understand why they watch this show. <laughs> yeah. I know my mom didn't. She'd buy me the action figures, but she didn't understand why I liked it. Yeah. But you got to remember, so, okay, during this time period, when I'd come home from school, I had He-Man mm-hmm. for a half an hour, followed by 
original OG Transformers for a half an hour. I love the old Transformers. Follow, and then if I switched the channel, I could watch like Voltron, and then I could watch um, like there was a show called GoBots. There was that, just, um, that sounds like an off-brand Transformers. It was. I actually, in a lot of ways, GoBots was better than Transformers. The toys for Transformers were way better, but um, and then yet when it got a little older, you had uh, Thundercats, you had oh, uh, Silverhawks, which were both made by the same audience. And then right when I was getting out of my like being the target audience for those kind of cartoons, what I transitioned into watching uh, there was a show called Pirates of Blackwater which i remember watching but i don't remember much about it i like i think i lost interest in it um and then uh teenage mutant ninja turtles and i moved that that transitioned i watched that all the way through being a teenager and then like that would have been the same time i was watching like the x-men the original x-men from the 90s like those cartoons because those ones are more catered towards Towards teenagers. older kids, and they were awesome. Especially Teenage Mutant Turtles was designed to kind of be more relatable with the turtles being teenagers. Sometimes. Exactly. Here, here's a fun fact about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know, originally they were a one shoot, one shot comic, one episode comic, and it was in black and white, and the only color in it was red, and all of the turtles had the same color like masks. I, I yeah, didn't know that. Yep, so there's your fun fact for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, overall, what would your recommendation for He-Man be? Would you say everybody should go out and watch it at least a little bit? I'd say I I recommend it to most people unless you're a girl, then you'd probably prefer She-Ra. Or if you're a snowflake, then don't go anywhere near, near it. <laughs> you will be offended as hell. Like, that's like a... A big red flag. But I, I, I do really I do really think it's cool that that's something that's special for my childhood mm-hmm. that I was able to give to you to have special in your childhood. Because I know when you're older, yeah. you're going to look back and you'll be like, man, that was great playing with dad's toys. You know, mm-hmm. like, and just like when I I got, even though you, you and your brother destroyed the toys I gave you, like, they don't exist anymore. The He-Man and the Skeletor we didn't destroy. You guys sent those to the church store with my Batmobile. Did we? I missed my Batmobile. <laughs> Anyways. And you guys lied to me and said you lost it. Anyways, I, at the sacrifice of my toys that I loved, I loved you more. And, and you like games. I loved watching you play with them. I got so much enjoyment out of watching you guys play with those. It was so amazing. Mm-hmm. And Because you were able to like, think back to when you were our age doing the same things exactly but it's weird overall like i would say he-man has very little dark stuff to it like i dug and dug and looked for you know scandals and things and there aren't really any because it for the most part was a good show it was pretty straightforward it was you know every show had a moral at the end they always like with what we talked about we were only able to come up with four right between the two of us right and I dug, like I searched yeah. on the internet, and that's all I could find. And I think, I think the blue skin one is bullshit it's because there are other characters and races that are blue that that are thriving, that are thriving. And that like if you orcos look, right, people, 
And if you look deeper than just the surface, there's also like, it doesn't hold water. And then the it would maybe work a little better if you used it to include everyone other than regular people and orcos people for whatever reason. Like the blue people, the anyone who was orange. Right. Didn't see a whole lot of them. Right, right. Or just any of those right. other colored people. It, but I think that to to me, if anything else, it was very color diverse. Like the yeah. characters, there were all kinds of different color they characters. Were like almost every color of the rainbow. Right. Green and it didn't matter. And it didn't matter. Some were good, some were bad. It didn't matter. Although another th- another one you could potentially look into. I haven't seen any for anything for this. I just thought of it, but like potentially kind of like poaching, like that being an issue in that world. Oh, maybe with there only being the one purple tiger that we see, the one purple panther we see, and the right. one green and, yellow, and orange ti- uh, right. tiger. Right. Where, where's where's, where's Cringer's the, where's relation? Right. Where's is he the only one? Or maybe they were hunted to extinction. Or since they can speak, and they're some of the few animals we see talking. They were people that but changed. They, that were turned into animals through like the sorceress's magic. Or right. Whatever. I mean, there's there's so many different things that are unexplained. Because the sorceress can turn herself into an animal. There's no saying she can't turn someone else into, into an, an animal. animal and then not turn them back. Yeah, then just leave them an animal. So and after a while of them realizing that they're not going back to a person, they would probably learn to live with it, which would explain all. Keep going. Which would explain all the like um. Human details given to characters. To care to, to animal animals. Characters. Right. All right. I think we're gonna wrap this up for the day. Um I hope you've all enjoyed this uh sit down that I've had with Vlad the Inhaler about the uh the wonderful mysteries of He Man and Masters of the Universe. Uh sorry we went a little bit long on this one, but there was a lot to unpack. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. Uh you could reach me at the underscore scary with two r's jerry underscore jerry at instagram uh let me know what you thought of the show uh hit me a message things i could approve on whatever if you hated it keep it to yourself uh don't forget to go on your uh whatever platform you're listening to give me a like and a follow uh give me a five star rating that all really does help and i truly appreciate it um also, don't forget to check out AOHPmerch.com for uh, Horror Apparel. We're getting ready to launch some uh, new merch from Demented Darkness and Dark Side of the Nerd on there, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, otherwise, until next time, stay on the dark side, my friends. <laughs>